All right. We are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another live stream. Welcome to JFOD News, the only place you should get your news. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. Um, yeah, taking a wide variety of sources, come up with your own opinions, your own conclusions, do your own research, or as I do, take uh, great journalists who are doing amazing research and uh, read their stuff. Um, uh, today, we have a great, great piece that I'm excited and again, slightly intimidated to go through because it is definitely heady stuff. It's by a great journalist and independent researcher named Ian Davis uh, out of the UK. And Ian Davis, you can find all of his work at his website, um, in this together. It's in dash this dash together.com. And this article that we're going to be reading today is called Seizing Everything The Theft of the Global Commons, Part One. Yeah, no big deal. Um, just the seizing of the things that we inherently all collectively should get to enjoy and own together, uh, taken away from us. It's a really, really interesting piece. I'm psyched to go through it. I'm just going to, uh, see what's going on in the chat real quick and then we'll get into it. Waiting for some more people to join in. Um, Oh, Hey, what's up Mia, Sarah? How you doing? Uh, hope you're well. Cool. Cool. Hey everybody. All right. So, oh, um, some stuff you guys can do that would really help me out. Um, or a great way to connect with me is to join my newsletter. It's at jfodnews.com. Um, please do that. I'm going to be being more consistent with my newsletters. And follow me on a Twitter where I'm more active lately, at the real jfod. So those are the two things that you can do. And let's uh, get into this article. Here we go. Seizing Everything, The Theft of the Global Commons, Part 1 by Ian Davis. Okay. The people who none of us elect, who ultimately control international finance, all corporate and business activity, government policy, and international relations have constructed a system that will enable them to seize the global commons. Hmm. Seems bad to me. Seems not great. Um, oh, I have to share the screen. I'm going to do that in a second. Oh, hey, some more people in the chat. What's going on? What's up, the day drinker? Hey, hey, back to you. All right. Charlie Brown's Rebellion. Hey, John, enjoyed your convo. Uh, with Steve uh, today on Slow News Day this morning. Yeah, that was great. I was on Slow News Day with Steve. It was uh, a great conversation. Definitely check him out on Rockfin. Uh, search uh, Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com, uh, Slow News Day. Uh, an awesome, awesome show that I was psyched to get to be on, and I did that this morning. All right, let's share this screen, and let's get into it. All right, all right, here we go. Cool. All right, the theft of the global commons, uh, part one. So again, I'll just start from the top. The people who none of us elect, who ultimately control international finance, all corporate and business activity, government policy, and international relations have constructed a system that will enable them to seize the global commons. Ugh, these people want everything. They're monsters. They're control freaks. I mean, why do you got to take the global commons? They're the commons for a reason. Who are these people? Okay. They are the global public-private partnership, the GPPP, the GPPP, y'all. And while elected representatives are within their ranks, they are not the ones that set either the agenda or policy. We need to both recognize who the GPPP are and understand the implications of their gambit. How are this group of global stakeholders going to seize the global commons and why should we resist them? Okay. 
Over the next couple of articles, we're going to explore these questions. All right, this is part one of a series. By recognizing what the globalist think tanks and other policymakers mean by the global commons, we can begin to appreciate the jaw-dropping magnitude of their ambitions. All right. They consistently use deceptive language to conceal their intentions. Words like inclusive, sustainable, equity, and resilience are often employed to portray some vague but ultimately duplicitous concept of caring environmentalism. Yeah, that's what these transnational capital class people do, do. That's what these global governance folks do. They use the words of the progressive movement uh, against all of humanity. Words like inclusive, sustainable, equity, uh, resilience, stuff like that. Um, and they do a lot of it in the name of caring about the environment. That is the game. That is the hustle. We must unpick their language to fully comprehend their intentions in the hope that we can resist and deny them. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. All right. There's Vegan Succubus. What's up? Welcome. Cool, cool. All right. While we have been distracted and transitioned by the alleged global pandemic or pseudo-pandemic, the global public-private partnership who orchestrated the chaos have been very busy. They have created the asset rating system that will afford them total global economic control. This is based upon sustainable development goals, the SDGs out of the UN, and utilizes stakeholder capitalism metrics. All right, a lot going on there. Um, yeah, this is pretty, pretty wild stuff, man. So the UN is involved. It's all going through the UN. So it is, it is this global enterprise that's happening. This new global economic system is what the politicians mean by build back better. It is the essence of the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. There you go. You keep hearing the term build back better, build back better all over the place. Uh, that is something that has come out of uh, global governance circles. And now nation states are presenting it as though it's their idea, like in America with the build back better bill. Uh, and you have, you know, you have in the UK, Boris Johnson talking about Build Back Better. You have Macron talking about Build Back Better. Justin Trudeau in Canada talking about Build Back Better. It's unbelievable. It's a foundation of the Great Reset, which is the complete overhaul and reworking of our entire financial system to create a neo-feudal uh, uh, system, which is not what we want. Laying the foundation for a new international monetary and financial system, IMFS, was a key to the pseudodemic. The new IMFS will emerge from the deliberate economic destruction wrought by government policy responses to COVID-19. This was planned. That's what people need to understand. The economy, it's not like the Biden administration or any administration that's in power is, is, uh, is, is just having like bad policies that are leading to the destruction of the uh, of the of the economy. They're purposely destroying the economy now. If you look at things through the lens of purposely the economy is being destroyed so this new system can be put in place, it really really does help you to kind of see what they're doing because uh now you don't say like oh they're just incompetent and doing a bad job. No, they're highly competent. They're highly competent at destroying this economy on purpose. Um, and the lockdowns were a huge uh, way to do that. The lockdowns totally carved out the middle class, closed up so many small and medium-sized independent businesses. So there was more uh, market share for big, massive corporations um, and all that sort of thing happened. That happened. A humongous amount of wealth, $3.8 trillion of wealth was upwardly moved to the 1%, the biggest cash grab ever in the history of the world. And now we're starting to feel that. We're starting to feel that with inflation, with all of the money that was pumped into the system. Um, yeah, I mean, I was talking about this with Steve on Slow News Day today. Uh, you know, 40% of all of the money ever printed in the world has been printed in the past two years. That is not a sustainable way to, to keep your currency having value. It's unbelievable. 
So yeah, this was absolutely this de this demolition of the economy was planned. I agree with Ian Davis. Let's see what people think in the chat. Cool, cool, cool. Stellar stream with Slow News Day this morning. So glad y'all connected. Welcome to the dark side. All right, thank you. It was a great conversation. I really did enjoy. Uh, I really did enjoy my time on SND today. It was really cool. Um, okay, here we go. The phrase "build back better" was first widely popularized by U.S. ex-President Clinton to, uh, following the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. During the pseudo pandemic, it has been adopted by politicians globally to signal that the pro that the project to seize the global commons is underway. All right, he's going to get into what the global commons are. We will need to consider UN Agenda 21 and UN Agenda 2030 in more detail, as these are the key to the theft of all the resources. Okay, UN Agenda 21 and 30 and 2030. It's really important to uh, to understand these stuff, and I'm just learning about these. Um, I've I've heard of them, but I haven't like looked at them in depth. And I know that it's a really important thing to understand. It basically lays out the blueprint for everything that's going on. Um, yeah, but for now, we can reference it to understand what "build back better" actually means. This will explain why politicians around the world have used it. Okay. Sustainable development goals. Those come out of the UN, the SDGs. Sustainable development. Doesn't that sound nice, huh? Sustainable development goals. We're working together to create a sustainable world where we develop things and da da blah, blah, blah. Sustainable development goal, SDG 11B of agenda, okay, of agenda 2030 states, Agenda 21 is like 21st century, and uh, Agenda 2030 is something that's underneath the umbrella of it of Agenda 21, but a lot of key aspects of Agenda 21 will be coming to fruition, or supposed to be coming to fruition, in the very pivotal year of 2030, okay? Um, here we go. By 2020, substantially increase the number of cities and human settlements adopting and implementing integrated policies and plans towards adaptation to climate change, resilience to disasters, and develop and implement in line with the Sende Framework for Disaster Risk Reduction 2015 to 2030, holistic disaster risk management at all levels. Okay. Um, the Sende Framework for Disaster Risk Reduction, SFDRR, written in 2015 states, the recovery, rehabilitation, and reconstruction phase, which needs to be prepared ahead of a disaster, is a critical opportunity to build back better. Recognition of stakeholders and their roles, mobilization of risk-sensitive investment to avoid the creation of new risk, strengthening of international cooperation and global partnership, it is necessary to continue strengthening good governance in disaster risk reduction strategies at the national, regional, and global levels, and to use post-disaster recovery and, and reconstruction to build back better, supported by strengthened modalities of international cooperation, clear vision, plans, competence, guidance, and coordination within and across sectors, as well as participation of relevant stakeholders are needed and fosters collaboration and partnership across mechanisms and institutions for the implementation of instruments relevant to disaster risk reduction and sustainable development. What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> but I did hear Build Back Better in there a couple times. So the Build Back Better policy was, pre was prepared ahead of the arrival of COVID-19. Now, that is very interesting. That is very interesting. And if this was written back in 2015, they're talking about Build Back Better. And then uh, COVID-19, they were able to use as a catalyst in order to usher in plans that they had ahead of time. It is part of the planned risk management and preparedness framework for post-disaster reconstruction. It means the global participation of relevant stakeholders to strengthen international cooperation and global partnerships in order to implement instruments to achieve sustainable development. Oh, word salad, y'all. 
This is so interesting. SDG 11B was a plan to substantially increase the global number of human settlements adopting Build Back Better policies by 2020. This SDG has now been achieved thanks to the COVID-19 pseudo-pandemic. In particular, the planned mobilization of risk-sensitive investment outlined in SFDRR has surged ahead. Okay, interesting stuff. Any comments on that? Let's see. Ha, <sighs> vegan succubus. It sounds like I won't even have to think for myself in the near future. Um, day thinker, this shit leads back to BlackRock. You're absolutely right. BlackRock and Vanguard, I'm learning more about them. These asset management companies and State Street as well that have so much, like we're talking trillions, like BlackRock has $9 trillion under assets. Unreal. And they, um, and they, uh, and they basically consult with the central banks. They basically tell the central banks what to do. It's unreal. Anyway. Okay. Now you got your stakeholder capitalism metrics. Okay. Stakeholder capitalism for anybody that doesn't know is basically this bullshit thing that came out of the uh, World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab's brain um, about a better version of capitalism, a loving version where everybody's included, all everybody gets to be have, have a stake in it. We're all stakeholders, but it really means public-private partnerships. It really means uh, more private corporate control over public institutions. Uh, that's the scam. That's the game. But they make you feel like, hey, you're part of the team too. But anyway, um, the World Economic Forum has stakeholder capitalism metrics, SCM, were devised by the World Economic Forum who describe themselves as the International Organization for Public-Private Cooperation. When combined with the SDGs outlined in the so sustainable development goals outlined in the UN Agenda 21 and 2030 frameworks, SCM enable the GPPP to seize the entire earth, all its resources and everything on it, including us. Yeah, I'm going to say muy negativo, dog, on that one. And a couple of years ago, so you guys know, the... Uh, the World Economic Forum and the, the UN made a deal with the World Economic Forum that the World Economic Forum is going to be the ones, on, uh, the, the point people to roll out the SDGs, which is crazy because the World Economic Forum is funded by literally a thousand corporations. Hello. All right. In order to control us, we are being transitioned into a technocracy, control through technology, with the biosecurity state. We're all walking health hazards until proven otherwise, acting as the central control mechanism. Public health is the new focus for global security and centralized control of the entire system has been established during and as a result of the pseudo pandemic. Yeah, public health, all in the name. We are going to become slaves, y'all, in the name of public health. Holy moly. We got to spread the word about this. The new IMFS is designed to tie our biosecurity commitments to universal basic income or similar state payments, which will be paid with central bank digital currencies, the CBDCs. Yes, we've been talking about this. So UBI sounds all good and all good and great and everything like that. Everybody has income to get food, a place to live. Yes. Who would not support that? However, UBI with no economy on top of it for people to make their own money, that money is going to come with all sorts of strings attached. Awful, awful, awful strings attached. You're going to have to jump through all types of hoops just to be able to access that money. And you're only going to be able to do what you're told with that money. So it essentially is servitude if there's UBI with no economy on top of that, especially if the UBI, the people that are getting UBI are going to be getting paid in central bank digital currency, CBDCs, man, Fed coins, man. These things are not your regular debit card swiping digital currency. This ain't your granddaddy's digital currency, y'all. This is some messed up programmable money. And if you're not jumping through all your hoops and following all the rules, you can't spend that money at a certain restaurant because your social credit score isn't high enough. Um, and that's just the tip of the draconian iceberg, to put it lightly. This will ensure our compliance 
as central banks will use AI algorithms composed combined with population monitoring, track and trace, vaccine passports, or some other form of social credit surveillance system to monitor and control all of our transactions, behavior, and movements. How about that? The dreaded authoritarian knock on the door will be replaced with the dreaded authoritarian beep of a refused card payment. If you can't buy food with your money, it doesn't really matter how much of it you have. Comply or starve is a distinct possibility. Yeah, guys, this is what they're planning. They have not pulled it off yet. It's not necessarily that they're not necessarily going to pull it off. But the way that they don't pull it off is that enough people know about it so we don't let them pull it off. So that's why we're talking about this stuff, right? Okay, anybody in the chat? All right. Somebody wrote, Charlie Brown's Rebellion wrote, true cancel culture. Yeah, wow. Um, cool, cool. Another worldview is possible. What's up, man? There's a public health crisis, question mark? Well, then let's start firing medical professionals and healthcare workers. And can we create a global totalitarian technocratic panopticon? Great. That should fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well put, dude. Ah, here we go. Um, over the next couple of articles, we are going to explore this new abnormal, how it encapsulates the seizure of everything by favored stakeholder capitalists as the chosen winning corporations divide up the Earth's resources amongst themselves. This is the zenith of the planned Build Back Better response to the pseudo-pandemic. Whoa. And you've got so many people in our country right now that would be that are supporting the Build Back Better bill. You got like the progressive uh Democrats, the progressive caucus of the Democrats all supporting the Build Back Better. And it's basically the zenith of what is planned for our fucking demise, y'all. Throughout the pseudo-pandemic, the World Economic Forum, WF, have taken the public relations lead on the planned recovery. Their great reset is just the repackaging of an idea hundreds, if not thousands of years old. It is the self-serving belief that some special people are destined and therefore have the right to lead the rest of us. Let's say that again. It is the self-serving belief that some special people are destined and therefore have the right to lead the rest of us. They don't require any kind of legitimate democratic mandate or even popular support. Their claimed right to rule is an imperious assumption. The WEF have claimed the supposed right to direct three key areas of global policy. They intend to do this by assisting world leaders to manage disruptive change. <clears throat> they have put themselves forward as the GPPP front organization for managing the fourth industrial revolution, addressing global security issues, and solving the problems of the global commons. Okay. It is important to note that the WEF are not alone in their ambitions, but rather the leading proponents for the wider GPPP policy platform. Whoa, GPPP policy platform. GPPPP, okay. We will focus on the third sphere of their self-proclaimed authority, control of the global commons. All right. The United Nations UN acts as a policy hub for the GPPP. It allows stakeholders to introduce the policies formulated by the think tanks into the nation's global governance structure. The desired policy agendas can be molded and eventually filtered down to national and then governmental administrations across the planet. That's how you do something in a centralized, top-down way. That's how something gets global adoption. That's how coordination works. If one more person says to me, oh, come on, people don't coordinate like that and get together and work on things, this is exactly how it happens. The United Nations acts as the policy hub for the global public-private partnership. It allows stakeholders uh, to introduce the policies, the things the GPPP wants to do, formulated by the think tanks into... The nascent N-A-S-C-E-N-T, the, the young, the beginnings, global governance structure. 
The desired policy agendas can be molded and eventually filtered down to national and then local government administrations across the planet. Yeah. Starting to get the picture, y'all. In the September 2011 issue of Our Planet, the UN offered a description of the global commons as, quote, oh, here we go. We're going to learn out what the global commons are. The shared resources that no one owns, but all life relies on. In 2013, the UN Systems Task Team expanded on this and published, quote, global governance and governance of the global commons in the global partnership for development beyond 2015, end quote. Uh Uh-oh, this sounds like they're trying to scam us out of the global commons. Let's see what they wrote. They wrote, quote, International law identifies four global commons, namely the high seas, the atmosphere, the Antarctica, I'm sorry, the Antarctica, and the outer space. Let's say they put those before those. It was weird. Resources of interest or value to the welfare of the community of nations, such as tropical rainforests and biodiversity, have lately been included among the traditional set of global commons. While some define the global commons even more broadly, including science, education, information, and peace, stewardship of the global commons cannot be carried out without global governance. Holy shit. So they not only want to take over the global commons, they expanded what the perp- what the meaning of global commons is to, to everything. And now they're saying that there needs to be global governance over it. What the fuck? These people are freaks, man. These people are freak show monsters. They're freaks. All right. This habit of expanding the definition of the global commons has continued. Ooh, good. Even more. In April 2020, the uh, Rothschild backed bank the Global Environment Facility, oh, great name there, offered a more extensive list of the shared resources of all life uh, relies upon. Quote, in order to protect our global commons, humanity must develop new ways of doing business to deliver transformational change in food, energy, urban, and production and consumption systems. It will take coalitions that bring together governments, businesses, finance, and citizens to realize this goal. That coalition is the GPPP, the Global Public Private Partner, and citizens are involved. That coalition is the GPPP, and citizens are involved via civil society only if they agree to promote the agreed policy agenda. In December 2020, the Secretary General of the UN Antonio Guterres really fleshed out the global commons concept. Speaking to an audience gathered at Columbia University, the pivotal academic institution in the development of technocracy, that is really true. If you want to learn more about technocracy and how Columbia University is involved in that, you got to watch James Corbett's great documentaries. There's two documentaries. One's called How Big Oil Conquered the World, and the other one's called Why Big Oil Conquered the World. Um, So you got to check those out because part of it, he explains this whole idea of technocracy, uh, basically ruling through technology and controlling people's life in a techno-fascist modality. Okay, so let's see here. So the Secretary General of the UN, he said, to put it simply, the state of the planet is broken. Human activities are at the root of our descent towards chaos. The recovery from the pandemic is an opportunity. It is time to flick the green switch. We have a chance to not simply reset the world economy, but to transform it. We must turn this momentum into a movement. Everything is interlinked. The global commons and global well-being. This means more and bigger effectively managed conservation areas biodiversity, positive agriculture and fisheries. More and more people are understanding the need for their own daily choices to reduce their carbon footprint and respect planetary boundaries. From protests in the streets to advocacy online, from classroom education to community engagement, from voting booths to places of work, we cannot go back to the old normal. We have a blueprint, the 2030 Agenda. 
the Sustainable Development Goals, and the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. Now is the time to transform humankind's relationship with the natural world and with each other, end quote. Again, we see the recurrent themes of the GPPP. The planet must be saved from us. We are a pestilence that must be controlled. COVID-19 is, as ever, an opportunity to transform the global economy. Our survival and GPPP stewardship of the global commons are one and the same, and everything must be transformed. Not only are the oceans, everything in them and beneath them, the atmosphere, the air we breathe, Antarctica, the only continent with a universally respected international treaty protecting it, and the universe up for grabs, GPPP avarice doesn't end there. All right, we're going to find out what's next in a second. Let me just check in with the chat, see what we got. Cool, cool. Charlie Brown's Rebellion. In other words, comply or die. Whoa, dude, comply or die. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Um, oh, someone said too many lemmings where I live to organize. Hey, man, spread the word however you can. You know, that's what I say. Um, control freak. Yeah, they are control freaks. Holy moly. Um Let's see here. Any truth to the rumors that the WF will be meeting at base inside a volcano this year? I have no idea. Oh, my God. But you know what's so crazy? I'd be like, uh, maybe. Who knows with these freaks? Okay. Um, energy. All Natural resources, all productivity and our livelihoods, the workplace, biodiversity, ecosystems and all life on earth, all land, managed conservation areas, agriculture and fisheries, all food, our consumption and behavior, carbon footprint, uh, where we are allowed to exist, planetary boundaries, our political opinions and system, education, the communities we live in and even our relationships are all to be controlled and transformed by the GPPP. Unreal. This is what they want. They want complete control. When people say, well, why? It doesn't make, I don't understand why they would be like that. Uh, because they're sociopaths. How about that? Okay. Because they're control freaks and control freaks have a lust for control. That's it. There you go. You don't need more of an explanation. You know why you're having trouble understanding it? Because you're not like that because you're not a monster, okay? And maybe these people that are being this monstrous, maybe they think they're doing good. Maybe they think this is what should happen in the world and that they're helping people. But guess what? I don't care what they think. They don't know better than me how I'm supposed to live my life, okay? I know how I'm supposed to live my life. Um, yeah, I'm not saying I'm doing well, <laughs> but I still know. All right. I'm doing fine. Okay. Um, the global commons is GPPP's shorthand for everything. All life, all resources, all land, all water, the air, the stars, and all of us. It is their intention to have dominion over all. The global commons are not fixed. Other aspects of our existence are being added all the time. In June 2021, the WEF wrote, the case for a digital commons. Oh, great. What's this going to be? Whenever they want to include something else in the list, they use the language of sustainable development. It doesn't matter that this makes no rational sense. The point is to sell the notion with the right buzzwords. This is their game, guys. This is their scam, and we need to see through it. Quote, COVID-19 highlighted and accelerated the centrality of digital technology in our lives. Yet the digital ecosystem is one of the most unequal and dysfunctional aspects of our collective lives. How can we build a digital ecosystem that ensures broadly shared participation and prosperity? We argue that shifting our view to see technology infrastructure as a digital commons could point the way forward for an inclusive and sustainable ecosystem with shared social benefit. That means give us more. Give us more of your shit, you dumbasses. Let us make a digital prison around you. Let us control the internet is what this fucking means. Now, they claim the authority to rule the internet and all digital communication technology. Now, 
They claim the authority to rule the internet and all digital communication technology. We see once more that the pseudo pandemic is the catalyst for this transformation and that government is merely the implementation partner for the GPPP agenda. That's what you need to understand. Government implements the agenda. Government is not even, our governments are not even coming up with the agenda. They're, they're not. So who we elect is just implementing agenda. They're not even coming up with it. It's very important to understand. The agenda is being set at the transnational level. We are just the taxpaying cash cows that will fund the construction of the empire. The World Economic Forum goes on to say, quote, in this post-pandemic time of broad economic and social re-envisioning and realignment, an, efficient, an, eff- an em- emphasis on the digital commons can point the way forward for collective recovery, solidarity, and progress. Governments will have to push forward on real regulation of privately controlled systems, as well as providing funding to allow a sustainable ecosystem of innovation that is not beholden to venture capitalists or large companies. Okay. It is truly remarkable, uh, Ian Davis, the author says of this article, it is truly remarkable that a low mortality respiratory disease has provided such an immense opportunity for global transformation. The leading figures within the GPPP knew that COVID-19 didn't present much of a threat. In their June 2020 book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, the authors, Klaus Schwab, and Thierry Mallory wrote that the pseudodemic, pseudopandemic was, quote, and now this book, guys, it came out in, it came out in July, 2020. I have a copy of it upstairs. It was, uh, it was, it basically explains what a post-pandemic world should look like. So you got the World Economic Forum sponsoring Event 201, which was a, uh, a prescient exercise showing what would happen if there was a tabletop uh, sim- simulation of a pandemic? That was October 18th or 19th, 2019. Then you get a pandemic. Then you get this book about what to do after a pandemic in July of, uh, of 2020. Um, but anyway, it's very telling, uh, even, in, even in Klaus Schwab and Thierry Mallorette's own words, wrote that uh, the pseudo pandemic was, quote, one of the least deadly pandemics the world has experienced over the last 2,000 years. The consequences of COVID-19 in terms of health and mortality will be mild. It does not constitute an existential threat or a shock that will leave its imprint on the world's population for decades, end quote. Unbelievable. Yet, it's still become the catalyst to completely overhaul our entire world and allow for the attempt to usher in a techno-fascist society. Unbelievable. At the heart of this seizure of everything lies stakeholder capitalism. In December 2019, Schwab wrote, what kind of capitalism do we want? The we referenced in the title was not us, but rather the GPPP. Though the article assumed we all agree on the GPPP's definition of global problems, Schwab wrote, quote, stakeholder capitalism, a model I first proposed a half century ago, positions private corporations as trustees of society and is clearly the best response to today's social and environmental challenges. Wow. Corporations as the trustees of society, that means corporate power taking over public institutions. That is corporatism. That is what Mussolini says is a good definition of fascism. All right. Schwab's use of the term trustee is notable. It has a specific legal definition. Quote, the person appointed or required by law to execute a trust one in whom an estate, interest, or power is vested under an express or implied agreement to administer or exercise it for the benefit or to the use of another, end quote. That's what a trustee is. It is not at all evident that global corporations should be entrusted with our society. Yeah, no shit. Many of us would disagree, which is one of the main reasons we haven't been asked. Exactly. There is no justification for Schwab's claim. I speak for no one but myself, 
but I would wager that most people consider global corporations to be a significant contributor to the social and environmental challenges we face. Why would anyone believe they should determine the alleged solutions? Schwab's is a ludicrous assertion, yet this is the insistence of the stakeholder capitalists. It is also the basis for the UN Sustainable Development Goals and their Agenda 21 and 2030 policy platforms. Wow. This is so interesting. Man, these journalists, these independent journalists, they are really doing the heavy lifting here. Could you imagine hearing anything like this on corporate media, any place in the entire left-right uh, fake paradigm corporate, uh, you know, corporate media landscape? Not a fucking chance. What do we got here? Oh, God, a lot more people in the chat. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Cool, cool, cool. Charlie Brown's Rebellion says, Stakeholder capitalism, a model I first proposed a half century ago. It's Klaus Schwab. Positions private corporations as trustees of society and is clearly the best response to today's social and environmental challenge. Yeah, oh, rage puke. I agree. I mean, what the fuck? Okay, let's keep going. Um, yeah, despite their claim of omniscience, the G triple P and their leading proponents like the world economic forum and the IMF, the international monetary fund are not infallible. They are just people no different in most regards to anyone else on earth. Very important to remember and understand. They are collaborating in a huge, though not unprecedented, global effort. Many people have come to think an operation of this scale is impossible. Why they imagine this is hard to say. Oh, sorry. Why they imagine this is hard to say. I agree. We have already had two world wars requiring similar degrees of international cooperation, arguably more if we consider that whole populations were engaged in these collective efforts. There are many global corporations that operate uh, tor tortuously, tortuously, tortu tortuously complex international operations. These, these incorporate global logistics. <laughs> let's just start. Let's just start this paragraph over. There are many global corporations that operate tortuous. <laughs> I think I'm now I'm gonna have to leave them all in. It's the word is torturous, tortuous, tor <sighs> torturously. Okay. And then the other word is incorporate. Here we go. There are many global corporations that operate torturously complex international operations. These incorporate global logistic incorporate. Oh my god, it's incorporate. <laughs> it's definitely incorporate. It's not incorporate. Oh man, I, I'm in my mind. This is funny for everybody. Um, okay, there are many global corporations that operate torturously complex international operations. These incorporate global logistics, international finance, and cross-border regulatory alignments. These worldwide endeavors overwhelmingly rely upon a hierarchical, authoritarian management structure. Only a few senior board-level figures have oversight on the whole system. The GPPP relies on exactly the same. There it is. That's how it works. However, because ordinary people are leading this organization, mistakes happen. In September 2020, the uh, World Economic Forum produced a promotional video making the point from their perspective that, quote, you will own nothing and you will be happy, end quote. This backfired terribly and was a PR disaster. The video is hastily pulled down, too late to hide the real intention of the GPPP. There is a backup version of that video that I'm going to play at the, I'll play at the very end. It's pretty crazy. They really talk about how you will own nothing and be happy. And they present it as though that's something that everybody wants. Uh, so I'll play that at the very end. However, the original article upon which the video was based can still be read. The article was written by the former Danish environment minister, climate activist, and World Economic Forum young global leader. We did a thing on, did a thing on the young global leaders a couple of days ago. Ida Auken is her name. 
unlike most of us, she isn't a disenfranchised constituent. Ida is a carefully selected GPPP spokeswoman. The title was changed and explanatory note added, and an explanatory note added. Ida said that her article was not intended to describe her utopia and that the intention was to explore the pros and cons of a possible near-term future. Quote, everything you considered a product has now become a service. When AI and robots took over so much of our work, we suddenly had time to eat well, sleep well, and spend time with other people. Once in a while, I get annoyed about the fact that I have no real privacy, nowhere I can go and not be registered. I know that somewhere everything I do, think and dream of is recorded. I just hope that nobody will use it against me. We had all these terrible things happening, lifestyle diseases, climate change, the refugee crisis, environmental degradation, completely congested cities, water pollution, air pollution, social unrest and unemployment. We lost way too many people before we realized that we could do things differently. Okay. The offer from the G triple P is clear in exchange for submitting to their will and allowing them sole possession of everything, the global commons, they will take care of us. Aww. Why, why is the obvious question. If they control all of the Earth's resources, everything is free, and AI and robots do most of the work, why do they need us? What is in it for them? We would no longer be required in such a system. Certainly losing, quote, way too many people would suggest at least acknowledgement of a much smaller global population. We should also note why Ida's envi envisaged, envisaged, in, uh, envisaged future becomes necessary. It is, just as we have seen with the COVID-19 opportunity, a response to, set, to a set of crises which gives rise to doing things differently. We, already see, we are already seeing the knockoff, the knock-on effects of the COVID-19 lockdowns and economic destruction. An approaching set of crises over the next few years is a reasonable prediction. As Schwab noted, there was no existential threat. The consequent disasters we are likely to face will be the result of policy promoted by GPPP uh, representatives like the World Health Organization, not a respiratory disease. Yeah, the solution is way worse than the problem, you guys. It would be easy to dismiss Ida's musings as simply the wishful thinking of an ideologue. In part, it probably is. However, when we look at Agenda 21 and 2030, an uncomfortable realization dawns. While the sustainable development agenda is couched in terms of environmental concerns and apparent humanitarian principles, the detail of the proposed policies presents an entirely different prospect. The true horror of Ida's vision is not that she is among the tiny clique of GPPP representatives who are committed to constructing this dystopian prison planet. It is that in Agenda 21 and 2030, the policy framework to make her futurescape a reality already exists. Yes, the framework is already there, you guys. They're moving forward with it. It's unbelievable. Anything else in the chat? Oh, my gosh. Fascism, straight up, you're right. Charlie's Brown's Rebellion, yeah. Trust the shitbags who created most of the societal ills and take care of everything. What the actual fuck? Exactly. Unreal. Make no mistake. The GPPP intend to control every aspect of the earth in our lives. That is the transformation they are working towards, and they have used the pseudo-pandemic to set that transition in motion. There is no political opposition to the GPPP. They are real politic entire. All they need for their solutions to close the trap is our compliance. Combined with SDGs, while we have been preoccupied with a low mortality respiratory illness, the GPPP have not only started building, they have partly completed the new global monetary and financial system. Once installed, this will finalize their coup d'etat and enable them to seize everything 
all under the guise of stewardship of the global commons. Wow. We will explore how this has been done and the remaining elements needed to accomplish the theft in part two, which I'm definitely going to read through soon as a live stream. Ah, thoughts on that chat? Unbelievable. Yeah, we got some more rage pukes going on. <laughs> oh, final solutions. Another worldview is possible, says Legion of Doom, so much better than the Guild of Calamitous Intent or that Canadian knockoff, the Peril Partnership, though the GCI had David Bowie as its sovereign at one point. So unbelievable. Eat well or live in the purge. It's a toss up. Interesting. Ah, I mean, wow, you guys. That was wild. That article is a wild ride. Um, so this is like overwhelming stuff, right? Like if you're just hearing this, this is like, oh, we're totally fucked. Why even try? Uh, but the truth is, if enough people really understand, there's a lot of people that are helping contributing to this that don't really understand what's going on because no one in their right mind, if they knew what they were contributing to would do this except, except for the small cabal of people who are so powerful and want more and want everything for themselves. Uh, so spread the word, have the difficult conversation, share this live stream, share this podcast, you know, do stuff like that. Um, uh, no shit, man. Thanks for going over the deets here, John. Absolutely appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you haven't yet, please uh, connect with me. Follow me at, join my newsletter at jfodnews.com. And uh, follow me on Twitter at the real jfod. I'm getting more active on Twitter. I'm going to be more active with my newsletter. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to this. Um, uh, again, this is a great article by uh, Ian Davis, great independent journalist, researcher out of the UK. Um, his website, where you can check this out, is inthistogether.com, but it's in-this-together.com. Uh, and he's also on Twitter. I'm going to put that in the chat. Um, his Twitter handle is in this together, but it's at underscore in this together at underscore in this together. He's got great articles. He's got a, if you sign up for his newsletter, you can download a free digital copy of his book, pseudo pandemic, uh, which is definitely worth doing. Uh, so please support him any way that you can. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's the deal. Thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you real soon. All right. Bye-bye.